Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Merry Christmas, all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us here, you're looking good today. You ready for Christmas? Love it, love it. I grew up loving Christmas, and my mom and dad, um, man, they went all out as, as much as they could afford. We didn't have much, but uh, man, they made a big deal about Christmas. I remember our, our first Christmas tree, and we had it for years. It was a six-foot aluminum uh, Christmas tree. You, you know what, if, if you're my age or older, you know what I'm talking about. And, and I remember taking that apart, taking the branches off, and you'd put it in a, a, a paper tube, and then you'd put it in the box. And we had, I wish I still had it. And so I went online this week, this is a true story, I went online this week thinking, you know what, I'd love to have one of those. I'll just put it in my office or, you know, put it in the house somewhere. Uh, probably not. But um, they're $1,600. <laughs> For, for an aluminum 60s Christmas tree, 16 to $1,700. I ordered four. No, I'm kidding. Man, I couldn't believe it. But I, I mean, those are some of my great memories of, of, of growing up with Christmas and looking at lights, of course, and, and then all the presents. I mean, they, we didn't get much during the year, but at Christmas, we, it was a lot. A lot of clothes, a lot of toys, some big items, and I always wondered how they did it. And and I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but why they did it. I mean, same with you and your kids. Why? Because my mom and dad loved me. They loved me. I have four kids. And we're, you know, growing up, when you have four kids, you're automatically poor. So we didn't have much either. So when we did Christmas, we tried to save and we, you know, if we got a bonus or, or somebody, you know, gave us money or whatever, it, we, we just used it for Christmas. And we, we grew up with them. And, and I remember their faces when they got what they wanted and some of the big, bigger ticket items. And I remember Christmas Eve after service here at Hope, go home. And it was a terrible time because I'd have to put things together in the garage and it was awful. But you know why we did that for our kids or do that for our kids? Because we love them love the kids. Now I have grandkids. Lucy, uh, we have two. Lucy is four and a half and Milo is two. And uh, Milo doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't care. But Lucy wants a Land Rover. So uh, we've, we've ordered one. It'd be here in 2030 something or whatever. <laughs> Kidding. I would do anything for them. And the reason is because I love my grandkids. When, I, when they walk in the room, it's like, oh my goodness. When my kids walk in the room, it's still a, a joy because I love them. The Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, I want to read it. I think for 24 years straight, I've read the Christmas story every Christmas Eve. Verse 1. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there to the village of Nazareth, from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her son to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. 
She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel said and reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby snug, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their fields or flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. That's Luke's traditional Christmas story. Matthew, I'm gonna read two verses out of chapter two. There's an addition to the story and it goes like this. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from Eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. I don't know if you've ever thought about the characters involved in, in the Christmas story, specifically Mary and Joseph. Mary and, and Joseph were average, ordinary kids. They did not come from influence. They did not come from wealth. They came from a small town around the Sea of Galilee, a town called Nazareth. Joseph was some kind of carpenter, stone mason, or whatever, builder. Mary was a teenager. Nothing special about either one of them, except that God invited them into the story. And you know, I don't know if, about you, but if, if I'm God and I'm wanting the world to know that I'm sending my son to save the world of their sin, I might choose a different family. We might choose a different family, somebody of influence, somebody of wealth, maybe a high priest in the temple or you know, someone that has influence that maybe could get the word out a little quicker. But God chose Mary and he chose Joseph. Ordinary, average people. Why? There's probably a lot of reasons, but one of the overarching reasons that I believe he chose them is because they're average and ordinary and God loves ordinary, average people. And maybe you're here today and you feel, and you've always felt average or ordinary. You're not over the top academically smart, although you're okay. You're not overly athletic maybe. You're not overly gifted. Maybe you can carry a tune, maybe you can't. 
but you felt average, ordinary, nothing extraordinary or nothing special. That's Mary and Joseph. God invited them into the story. God loves average, ordinary people. Um, the shepherds are quite a different story. The shepherds in that culture were hired hands that were keeping watch over somebody else's possession. Flocks, lamb, lambs, goats, whatever, sheep. They were dirty. They were the lower class of society, marginalized for sure. And there is no mention of them after this. Like, what is the purpose, right? What, what, like, okay, are they going to come out later when Jesus uh, is starting his ministry and, and, and confirm or affirm what he's doing? Hey, we were there that night he was born, and this is what the angel told us. Was there any mention? Was there anything there? And there's nothing. And the overarching reason that I believe the shepherds were invited into the story is because they were the marginalized, and God loves marginalized people. And maybe you have felt all your life less than. Maybe in a family, you weren't the favorite. You were the less than. Not even, you didn't, maybe in your eyes, you didn't feel average. You didn't feel like, okay, we're all equal here. It was less than, marginalized, judged even. Maybe you've made poor choices early on in your life. And, and because of those poor choices, you have been marked, judged, and marginalized most of your life. I believe with my whole heart that the reason, the reason the angels came to that field in Bethlehem was because God wanted us to know that he loves marginalized, less than people. And if you're in the room and that's the way you have felt, I want you to know that God loves you. Now, the, the weirdest uh, group is the wise men, in my opinion. They're not mentioned either. Why, why did they come? What was the significance of this? Besides, you know, maybe providing for Mary and Joseph when they'd have to flee to go to Egypt, but gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but the wise men from eastern lands, hundreds of miles away, probably modern-day Iraq, and they come and worship the king, and then they leave, and that's it. End of story. End of story. Why would they be invited into the Christmas story? Why would God use them? And guys, I, I think the overarching reason is because God loves wealthy, influential people. They were wealthy. They were influential. They had a meeting with the king of the, of the region, Herod. You don't, you don't get that if, you're no, if you don't have some influence, some wealth. And, and if, you haven't, if you haven't gotten the point today, the, the message is all about the Christmas story being that of, or one of love. John 3.16, God so loved the world. That's an important line. That is an important verse. Jesus himself said it to Nicodemus. He said, God so loved the world, not just Israel, not just Mary and Joseph or those like him. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, the baby in a manger, born of a virgin. That whosoever would believe, and that whosoever, that's a big, that's a big word. That whosoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. So the whosoever 
If you feel marginalized, if you feel wealthy, influential, or if you feel normal or average, it doesn't matter who you are or where you've been, where, what family you come from, what country you come from, God loves the world. God loves you. And he loves me. That's the Christmas story. Now, going back to my kids, <clears throat> I'm not biased. But my kids are easy to love. Now, your kids may be easy to love too, not as easy as mine, but your kids may be easy to love, and, and maybe not. And so just look straight ahead. Right? I mean, it may be with you. And I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here. But my kids, and they weren't perfect growing up, not, not in the least, but now they're 32, 29, 28, and 25. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't like my kids, there's something wrong with you. That's the way, uh, you know, I feel, and that's the way it is. They're just easy to love. To this day, they walk in the room, and my heart just, oh, I'll jump up. My grandkids now, now they are perfect. And they are unbelievable. And there's nothing I wouldn't do for them. Lucy is the sweetest little thing. Milo is the sweetest little thing. They're easy to love. And your kids are probably, or your grandkids are probably easy to love. But an interesting verse, speaking of this whole story, this Christmas story of love, Romans 5.8, God showed us his love. Listen to this. God showed us his love or demonstrated his love by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. Not at our best. You know, the, the, the first century, Jesus, the time in which God chose to send his son, it wasn't the greatest time. It wasn't like everybody had it all together and finally the world was recognizing Jehovah God of Israel and they were leaning in and Israel, the Jewish people, were, were worshiping God like crazy. No, no, it was, it was just like now. Sin abounded and at our worst, God demonstrated his love. Now, don't raise your hand, but how many have difficult people in your family or difficult people in your, in your you know, vicinity that are really hard to love? Again, look straight ahead. But they are really hard. Maybe you got family in town that they're here today, and I'm glad you're here. Uh, but you may be who I'm talking about. <laughs> difficult to love. Really. You know what I'm saying? You, those, those kind of people. And it's easy to love people that are awesome. Easy to love people that are kind. Easy to love people that love you. When you come in the lobby and tell me greatest Christmas Eve message I've ever heard, it's easy to love you. Right? It's so easy. But when you come and complain, it's a little tougher. At our worst, God demonstrates his love. At our worst. He loves us. So if you're in the room today and you would consider yourself, and you know this, that you're a sinner. Now, we all are in a general sense, but you, you understand what I'm talking about. There, there's some things going on in your life, and you're far. You're involved in sin or whatever, and I want you to know today that God loves you. Maybe you're lonely in here. 
Maybe this season is a very hard season because somebody will not be around the table for the first time. It'll be the third time or third Christmas that my dad won't be with us, and it's weird. Every Christmas of my life was spent with my dad. And it's weird when he's not around. And it may be a lonely, painful, hurting time if you're depressed clinically or, or just discouraged about your life in some way because there's some financial issue or, or somebody has hurt you. Maybe you're just not in a, the Christmas spirit for whatever reason. Can I just tell you, if you're lonely, if you're depressed, if you're hurting, if you're sinning, God loves you. He's, listen, everybody look at me. He's not mad at you. I was raised in a church that taught me, the, taught me the love of God, but also I better watch it because I was in jeopardy of going to hell at any moment, any bad decision or bad word that came out of my mouth. Literally, I really believe that. And I'm just going to tell you right now that all of God's anger and his wrath was taken out on Jesus on the cross. Jesus was born in that manger for one reason. And that is to represent the plan and the love of God to all of us. That he would live the life that you and I could not live and he would pay the price on that cross that you and I could not pay. And the anger and the wrath of God would be taken out on him. He is not mad at you. And if you heard that whole, your, your whole life and you have been on edge or you felt like you had to perform, let me tell you, that's not the gospel. That's not good news. That's partial good news. The good news of the gospel, of the Christmas story, is that God loves you, period. And all we have to do is accept it. That's right. All we have to do is accept it. And maybe you're here today and you're, you feel far from him. He loves you. Near or far. And if you're self-righteous and you think that, man, I haven't done much wrong, you're the worst of the worst. Seriously. You don't even get it, but God loves you still. So today, you, when you walked in the room, you received a communion packet. Would you grab that across all of our campuses, those of you watching online? Grab that real quick, and I don't want to take too long, but if you, don't, if you didn't receive one, would you raise your hand real high? Just raise it real high. If you didn't receive one across all our campuses online, grab some crackers and juice and join us. We don't have to be a member of Hope to take the Lord's Supper. I want you to look at this in a different way today. This bread, if you don't know, represents the body of Jesus, and this cup represents the blood of Jesus, and he came, born of a virgin, born in a manger lived a sinless life, and gave his life for us on that cross. And on that cross, he shed his blood so that the anger and the wrath of God would be complete. Guys, that is good news. This is a meal of love. He loves you. He loves you. And you, look, as we take the bread and, and we drink the cup, let's remember that he loves you. And I want you to stand before we take this across all of our campuses. Would you stand? 
together. We're going to sing two more songs, and, and one of the songs we're going to sing, O Holy Night, has a, has a line in it that says, my soul felt its worth. I want you to feel, not because you're good or I'm good, but because he's good, and he's made us worthy. And as we eat the bread and drink the cup, let's remember God's great love. Let's eat the bread together. Let's drink the cup. Lord, we thank you for your great love that while we were yet sinners, you died. You demonstrated perfect love at our worst. And I pray that anybody in this room watching online or campus, anybody in this room that has never accepted that love they have felt marginalized, they have felt average, they have felt left out or less than. God, I pray that today they would know and realize how valued and how much you love, how high, how wide, how deep, and how long your love is for us. And all we have to do is receive it. And I pray that today, those far from you would receive your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.